You know they want staring point, you know we straight to the point. Boy Chris with assist, fast breaks like a joint splitting half. Boy J with the J, we throwing heat, no gas, that's a touchdown pass. You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say. Now they hardly can guard me like dirt fade away. You know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say. Yeah, you know just how we coming, so it's nothing left to say. They want stand point, you know we straight to the point. You know we straight to the straight to the Amy 76 bringing us into episode number 164 of Straight to the Point. My name is Chris here, my guy J Dub. What's good, my guy? How you feeling today? Everything is good. You know, we're feeling good in Philadelphia. Best team in the East. <laughs> Best team in the NFL. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? I mean, the way you said it, everything, because you clearly don't believe. You no, don't believe in the greatness. Not at all. You don't, you don't like what you're seeing from the Sixers. Honestly, I look, it sounds like you want them to lose. It's not like, it's not like, you, it's not like you, you would come in on this show ready to slam them in the loss of the Celtics, yes. but they ended up winning the game out. They won and they barely won that game. I will definitely talk about everything I felt during that game, but we'll definitely discuss James Harden and his move to the Clippers and why he's so be working so far. Um, we'll ask the question whether or not C.J. Stroud is the real deal or is this just an aberration. We'll give predictions for this week in the NFL. No, we're not talking about Bears-Panthers because it's Bears-Panthers. Like, why would we even waste trash. I didn't even watch that game. Why would we even waste our time on that? But, Jared, let's start with James Harden in Los Angeles, coming off of two losses in New York. A lot of talk and a lot of speculation about what's going wrong with the Clippers, what's not right, what's wrong with Harden, will he fit, will it work, who's going to the bench. Talk to me about what you're seeing so far out of these two games and how can the Clippers keep this thing, you know, moving forward and moving upward. Uh, right now they suck. It's, it's not like they suck because, oh, man, hey, there's no continuity, yes. But they suck because it's just like all the plays are similar for each other. Every guy is almost the same if you're not Russell Westbrook, who's like, you know, he just really just can't shoot that great. So he doesn't – when he isos, it's just kicking out anyway unless he's really taking you to the lane. But Harden, PG, and Kawhi are all iso bucket getter guys. And they're right now just taking turns trying to get an iso bucket. It just isn't flowing well. Uh, they had a viral turnover of James Harden just what soaring the ball, trying to cross court, yes. trying to get past the ball, going into the Netherlands of the stadium, and it's just like that. Those are things that we saw were, were was going to happen if you make this team work, or you try to make this team work, and now the depth is a little bit gone, and you're probably going to have to end up moving Russ to the bench to answer your question. And Russ is going to have to end up being moved to the bench because Harden and Russ, just like in the Rockets, it's fundamentally you want it to work, but Physically, in person, and once you try to put the, the theory to practice, it's not going to work because, again, both of those guys just right now are just two ball-dominant heavy guards that are trying to be facilitating guards as well as, like, yeah, we'll have a catch-and-shoot moment. They're trying to have Russ be the primary ball hander so James Harden can be more on ball, but that's just not James Harden. Off-ball, I mean, and that's just not James Harden's game anymore. Like James Harden just hasn't been off-ball since the Thunder. It's just not him. But so here's the thing, and I, I'm glad you mentioned that point about Harden doing the off-ball thing because a lot of things was talked about how he can't catch and shoot. He got to catch and dribble. And he then can't? Shoot. Oh, he used to. That was like his first first half of season with the Sixers. He was the, the dribble, then shoot. But last season, he was very catch and shoot. Like, yeah, he, yeah, he was it. very catch and shoot. I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned that because let's compare comparing numbers. You know, I'm never really a, a big numbers guy. You know, I'm not a nerd. I am. I, but, you know, I love it. You have many ways to describe you but so you call me a nerd i call you much more worse than nerds but if you look at his catch and shoot percentage in last year in philadelphia 20 percent of his shots last year were catch and shoot threes like he took 127 of those catch and shoot threes not catch shoot dribble but you know catch shoot he shot 43 percent from those catch and shoot threes so that's clearly he can do it. But if you look at what he did in Brooklyn, he took one catch and shoot three in the two years he was in Brooklyn. He took basically none in Houston. So his first three, I mean, when he was with OKC, he took a lot more catch and shoot threes. He took none basically for 10 years. And then he took 20% of his shots being catch and shoot threes in Philadelphia. He made him at 43% rate. So to say he can't do it, is That's not that. accurate. He the, chooses not to do it. The, That's more this more effective of a description. He chooses 
not to do it. And he's, he's admitted in his post-game presser that it's hard for him. It's his muscle memory makes him dribble. Like it, because he feels it's not comfortable when you're always been the guy that has to like dribble and then score. And you know it flows for him more. He feels like it clicks to be able to just dribbling off the off the shot threes are easy for him. Harden's best three point percent or second best three point percent in his career was with the Sixers. Again, off base, a lot of those numbers came from the fact that he was catch and shoot. Right now, because he's catch and shoot and shooting forty four percent, so he needs to really just lock in on yeah, you're going to catch and shoot a lot more because one, your efficiency goes up, which that team's going to need efficiency more than chucking shots. One might say, but. Right now, it's just I, – I don't think the, the whole James Harden coalesce of it all is what's really causing this team just still not function. It's just that Kawhi's offense just hasn't been there yet, right? Like, it, like this is the guy – like, we I get it. You have Paul George, Russ, and Kawhi. But Kawhi's your go-to. Like, he needs to be your primary bucket bucket getter. He needs to be the one leading the offense in points. I love that Paul George is doing it and carrying a load. And Paul George right now is having an NB caliber season, but – Kawhi should be your guy when it comes to, yeah, this but is the guy we got here's to the, Here's the problem with Kawhi being your guy. How often is Kawhi going to be available to be the guy? Even healthy How so far. Uh, so I, I ain't going to jinx it. And say, but I'm only going on what I've seen so far. And even healthy right now, he ain't been a guy yet. Like He's been it's, around. It's less, than been 10, it's less than 10 games. I'm not going to sit here and base their whole season on 10 games. That's asking. No, but I'm not about to go out and say they're not making playoffs. That's crazy. But the thing is, they're clearly struggling, and you add in Harden, who doesn't help them where they're struggling. They're struggling in a lot of, you know, they're struggling in, in places that Harden, I mean, like, for example, the 22nd in the NBA so far in pace of play. Harden does not, he ain't, he ain't trying to run up and down the court. He's trying to slow that thing down and be methodical and then play in the half-court system. He's not running up and down the court. The 14th in offensive rating. And they're 29th in assist to turnover ratio. 29th out of 30 teams. So this team turns over. You have to think that that's fair, though, knowing that Russ averages four and a half a game. That's fair. But here's okay, fine. But but here's the thing: as a collecting, as a collection of of guys, they can't pass the ball without turning the ball over. They don't turn. They don't pass the ball because you have four ball guys theoretically. So how does this? You can't play all four of them together. You can't. Not, not, I mean, you can, but I think you really should. Not, I, I mean, like, you can, but it's not going to be effective. I, I think Rush should go to the bench, and Tyler's going to make that switch very soon. But again, the playbook's switching. Like you're, you're revamping the entire playbook. I don't care what nobody's saying about. Oh, they're just going to integrate Harden in. No, you're revamping that playbook now, which is why it's now things have been skewed of what they're looking like. But it's too early in the season to say, oh, they're going to be this bad. But you're forming a lot of bad habits already in these last two games. It's a lot of bad habits already built that where you can see. The methodical pace that Harden has, the lack of touches that you're seeing from now Russ, because you know he's been so relatively diminished, but his role now has been if he's not holding the ball, he's in a corner. It doesn't work as much when you're running a lineup sometimes of Harden, PJ Tucker, and Russ. Those two guys in the corner aren't helping your team out. Yeah, Harden gets to go back to ISO ball, but you're kicking out to PJ Tucker's a better corner three ball shooter than Russ, but it's just it. Teams can now go back to what they used to do against Harden, which is let him dribble it out and then double him if he's going for his three. Or Harden's lack of finishing around the rim is, is now become more prevalent as his career is. Ain't that what I said last year? I said this last year, and people were like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. He they blame him on injury. They blame him on injury. They blame him on whatever. Besides the fact that Harden. Is older as we may as we may know him might be cooked. Like it's hard to and I understand this is hard for people to understand because James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, these guys from the you know that were a lot of a lot of guys' childhood growing up watching the NBA, growing up as they grew up. These guys have gotten older. These guys are in the downswing of their careers. These guys are halfway through their 30s. Like how do you Time out. I, I agree with you on the James Harden and Russ, but Katie's still dropping 40. No, no, no. But here's the thing. The KD, LeBron, you can't expect these guys to do this thing night in and night out at a high level for 82 games. It's not happening. No, Katie's not going to happen. Katie and LeBron is the aberrations of the previous generations. Those two are the aberrations of the previous generation where they're still putting up prolific numbers for guys that but are like but, dead but, but 35 the point, plus. But the point back to Harden is Harden's game 
isn't grace is not gracefully aging. It never was. He's it, not it, doing it never he's not doing the Chris Paul where he's become more facilitator and less scorer. He's shot chucker. He's still he's actually a very, he's he's very still a great, he's a great facilitator, but he's just he's Chris a Paul. facilitator. He's just a chucker at times, and it's just a chucker at bad times. Yeah, Harden's assists have gone up every year. And then last year you averaged the uh, league high assists. The issue is the shots haven't diminished. Where Chris Paul's assists, yeah, always stayed high, but the shots diminished as he got older. Harden's shots have been relatively the same. They've diminished the past two seasons, which is why he's been so upset. Past three yeah, seasons, sorry. And also, Literally. a lot of his shots are bad shots. They're bad that, shots. That's literally, but his all his shots in in theory, if you look at all James Harden shots, even through the Rockets, have been bad shots. He just willed them in. Athleticism took a lot of those finish around the rim plays, and those threes were just man. He was finding ways to create around the perimeter to shoot the three ball, the double step back, the walk one foot threes, the ankle breaking play. Like Harden was doing everything to score. Now that's that's faded away when your knees is gone, when your hamstrings are injured. It's, it's fading away. So now Tyloo has to truly figure out. One, are you going to have the sit down one on one with Harden? Because Harden already come out yeah, and say he's Harden, Harden going to want to hear that. Like, right. well, that's, that's the question. Because he came out and say he's the system player. He's the system. Well, if you're this, if you're the system, what's Kawhi? If you're yeah, the system, what's he the system? If he the system, what's the system? Like, you can't be, you can't be trying to run Windows XP in 2023, man. Like, your system so is passed. Like, this is not the, you're not the same guy. I changed my mind. You know what? If Harden is the system, cons- consider bringing Harden off the bench. Consider doing it. Harden can still play closing games in the fourth. Okay. Do you think OKC that's, Harden. You think that's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. You think that you think he gonna want to go back to OKC Harden? You think he wanna do you think he wanna do that? After the comments he's made, the things he said, the way he plays, you think he's gonna willingly come off the bench? Harden hasn't willingly done anything in his life. Now, okay, then. So, what do you, how do you think you want him to come off the bench? I, again, I don't think he's ever. Hold on, hold on. Here's the thing. thing. Here's the thing. Because you said come off the bench. Let's explain. Yeah, I right? think you should bring Harden off the bench now. I, Russ, Russ, Russ is going to go to the bench. Russ is going to let's ex- let's explore Harden to the bench. Right? It's easy. Say it again. It's easy if you in a basketball mind. It's easy. I'm not worried about him as a person right now because, again, I said Russ okay. is going to the bench for sure. In theory, in theory, it makes sense. You yes, Harden, Russ is going to the bench for sure. Harden goes to the second unit. He's the system now because everything will be around him. His game, you just keep one of the starters with him, which is obviously going to be P.J. Kawhi. That's it. Okay. So Why is that so easy for his game? Because Harden can go back and do what he wants to do. Play 30-plus yeah, minutes. But is that effective? Is that effective? Well, yeah. You win like that. The Clippers bench stinks right now. Like their bench the, is one of their old points production. The, the Clippers can't win with Harden being ball dominant all the time. Off they the bench, they could though. No, no, no. But here's you the, off the bench. If you're gonna play him thirty minutes, if you're gonna play him thirty minutes, whose minutes? Whose minutes are you cutting, Russ? You're not. You're not cutting nobody's minutes. You're still playing the same. Harden and Russ and PG Choir are still playing thirty now as starters are together. You playing, are you playing them together? Yeah, you just play him in the fourth like you would do any other team. Like they, they like so he's did in OKC. The okay. only difference is now it's just a less attrition of, oh, we starting the game together in the first quarter, which has not been working out. We're in the second quarter together as well. So, so, working out as much. so if the first and second quarter aren't working out, the third quarter is a little iffy. Why would you play him in the fourth quarter? Because in the fourth quarter, you need all your best players on the court. Now, when you wait, hard early But if you're already down and you can't score, what's the They should be the down benefit? as much now. You shouldn't be down with your bench having a higher points production now because they're right now they're at one of the lowest. You should even have more value because we've seen what Harden's like on the bench. It's worked before. And then this is why – will Harden do it? Absolutely not. But has it worked before? Yes, because Harden plays those starter-level minutes, and then in the fourth quarter he's there with the closers. Same as Jamal Crawford. The same as a lot of the six-man guys that now had to be six-man or already started their career as six-man. Tower Hero, all these guys. The reason why Harden should be the guy come off the bench is because of what he wants personally for his game. Why he's not going to do it is because he knows that diminished role is going to ruin anything he wants further in the NBA. And that's still the high-tier money. He's still it's probably going to try and play around and get all-star if he can this season. And those, those diminished, that diminished role is going to look so bad media-wise, so mad for his ego, it just won't happen. But if you think about it in totality, yeah, I believe if, if Harden wants to be a system guy, you should come off the bench and then run that bench because right now, who's the who's the next man up off the bench for them? It's Bones, Highland, and Mason Plumley. Bones is good, but he's more of a scorer than Plumley's so, hurt. Plumley's oh, hurt. So and whoever else the next guy is. So right now, you let Harden just be that de facto 
at the first six minutes in the first quarter, he's coming in. You benching PG, and you're benching Russ, and it's Kawhi and Harden. Oh man, you got Harden can get you ten straight, still get you four assists, and now you're rotating them through throughout the game. That's easier said than done. That I think Russ coming off the bench because I think Russ coming off the bench is this, this is going to be the de facto safety valve that they're going yeah, to do. Yeah, but here's the problem. Here's the thing we've been dancing around with the Clippers is all four of these guys can't sustain like. It's going to be hard for them to all be as effective as they can be individually together, right? Somebody yeah, has to take a back seat. But more than one person has to take a back seat. Everybody has to take a back seat. But who who's driving this car? Because to you, I think, and hearing what you're saying, to you, Kawhi has to drive the car. Kawhi has to be where either Kawhi has to lead them where they need to go. But to me. If you're asking me who needs to be driving the car for the Clippers team, it's probably Paul George. Because Paul George can do a little bit of everything that you need. Paul George can play off the ball. Can Paul George can play with the ball. Paul George can go grab a rebound. Paul George can make a three. Paul George can play defense. Paul George can do everything you need theoretically on a basketball court. There is a glaring weakness with Harden, with Westbrook, with Kawhi, there is no real glaring weakness with Paul George. He is the he is going to be the reason if this thing works. It's going to be Paul George. And I think they need to put more emphasis on Paul George and take a little bit less off of Harden and a little bit less off of Westbrook and a little bit less off of Kawhi and let Paul George be the catalyst for this team. Because other than that, if they give Harden the keys, it's no, not going to work. They give Westbrook the keys. Russell they give keys. Westbrook the keys. It's not going to work. You're saying they give like, never going to do it. Like, there was those two yeah. were never in contention for but it. You don't, like, but you don't know. But here's the thing, we bro. Must, we know. We know. Here's the thing, bro. You've watched enough unserious basketball. Bro, you but know. Let's be real. Let's be real. Let's be real, Jared. Russ, at least first, was never getting no keys. Let's be real, Jared. We are guys being have e- guys have egos. What you said guys was believe. irrelevant, though. What you just said, how was Russ ever going to get handed keys to a team that he had to join after? I mean, on the Lakers team, he had no keys on the Lakers. You gonna get keys? But here's, but here's the thing: though. they gave him the second. They gave him the keys to the second unit. For now, you're telling the, the, the Lakers for West for Westbrook, the Clippers. You gonna get the keys to the second unit for the Clippers? Like you could have yeah, those are keys. Your, your theory, those are keys. That's a key card. Like that's it. That's your the theory thing. was. To give it to Harden, right? Because I'm looking at this team, and I think Harden should be. The, you the can't give you can't give Harden the keys to the bench because then you create a problem with Westbrook because he can't play off the ball. So what are you going to do with Westbrook? You don't need Russ to play off the ball no more. You don't need Russ to play off the ball no more. If, if so Harden's not playing, him? so you're not playing. Russ, Russ is a starting Westbrook, point guard. Westbrook. So you want to start Westbrook? Start Westbrook. I'll go with the first right back unit. to the original lineup that they had: Russ, Man for the defense, Paul George, Kawhi. Zubak, or if you want to put PJ there, put PJ there. I'm not putting PJ in the starting line. Then Harden comes off bench, he replaces man on the bench, and then guess what? So are you saying play Harden and PJ off the bench together? PJ's already off the bench. No, I'm saying you're saying I'm asking you play Harden and PJ off the bench together. Yeah, why not? Because PJ already think that's going to work. Do you think that's going to? Yes, because realistic. Yes, because realistically, this team, this Clippers team, was already winning when it was okay. Terrence Mann and Paul. Let me, re- let me redefine realistic. Do you think there's a shot in hell of it happening? No, that's why Russ is coming off bench first. But that's why I said in a basketball mindset, if everybody's going to throw Russ to the bench first, no, you should probably throw Harden but, to the bench first. It's just not going to happen because you know, this is the NBA, Jared. There is yeah, more to do. There is more to do with politics and egos than it is to do with basketball, and you know, right? Which is why I already told you five times, Russ is coming off the bench. <laughs> Yeah, but you, coming off said, but you just yeah. said it's better to bring Harden off the bench, right? So because I said it's better to bring Harden off the bench, invalidates me saying Russ is going to be the guy coming off the bench? No, I'm I'm making it clear for everyone listening. You believe that it's better to bring Harden off the bench and Absolutely. start Westbrook. Yes. But you, think, you don't think that's what's going to happen. You think they're going to start Harden. Chris, play Westbrook off the bench. We've already said right? it. Look, look me in the eyes and you tell me. You already asked me the question. Look me in the eyes and you tell me. James Harden, mm-hmm. 35 years old, is going to be like, yeah, coach, I'm so cool coming off the bench. And even, though, even though I average like 18 to 20, I'm, I'm going to be so happy to help because it's all – Okay, first of all – The media, he'll tell you, yeah, it's all about winning. But in the locker room, yeah, it's all about winning. Hell no. Let me tell you, let me tell you everything you need to know about – Let me tell you everything you need to know about James Harden. James Harden 
in Philadelphia, led the league in assists. Hell yes. Was putting up 20, 20 and 10, right? Yep. Even with all his flaws, can't dribble, etc. You know how I feel about Harden. He's going to go to the Clippers in a team where he thinks, in theory, in theory, he can coast through the playoffs. He doesn't have to do as much. Nope. The problem is he's not comfortable doing less. No, he's not. He's not, he's not built to do less. In theory, in your mind, in practice, is different. He was, oh, it's all, you know, you know I'll do this. You know, you can worry about that. You ever see, like, okay, everybody knows this guy, right? This guy at work. Oh, yeah, you go ahead and take care of that. I'll take care of this. You know, I'll go do this. I'll go do that. I'll go do that. Whatever. Cool. Everybody got a plan. Everybody knows what they're going to do. Everybody knows their responsibilities and their roles. There's always going to be somebody who's going to either overstep their roles, overstep their bounds, overstep their responsibilities, or underperform, under-deliver, under-whatever. In order for Harden to be the best effective Harden he can be, you can't have him and Russell. You can't have him and Russell in the same team. And it's crazy. It's like they didn't realize it from the Rockets. But regardless of that, Harden, the overachievement for Harden, it's not even overachievement. Because, it's just winning because the ball. Here's, because, here's again, the Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, because I'm going to say, look what he did with Doc. Remember, he came to Doc and was like, dude, not only do I want to stay as a starter, I want to play with the second unit more. Why? Because he didn't like his numbers. Again, it makes sense because at the time, before he was averaging 27 a game in 10 assists, he was doing like 18 and, and, and 8 around there, maybe a little bit less. But that's like who he is. He, he, the, numbers make a, the numbers fit a certain aesthetic for him. The play style he needs has to be what makes him happy. And right now, the Clippers – this is why we talked about it so often. When people saying the Clippers won the trade, I was like, dude, have y'all not seen it yet? Have, have you not thought about it, what this is going to really look like? Because this isn't 2K. 2K? Yeah. You got the best team in basketball. Roster-wise, on paper, you're green beanie machining. You're doing what you want. But this is real life. Real life, guys take plays off. Real life, there's no stamina bar. They just they, they either 100% in or they're 100% out when it comes to the plays calling, when it comes to they're hitting their shots, when it comes to – if I'm looking like garbage, I'm going to find other ways around the court to get it. Like, not everybody on, like, in 2K, everyone on the court is basically like P.J. Tucker. Because you're going to find different ways. Like, you can have a bad shooting night with a certain player. Like, let's say the Clippers. You have a bad shooting night with James Harden in 2K, but he's still going to get you rebounds and the assists. In real life, if Harden's having a bad shooting night, he's low-key checked out. Same with a lot of other guys on the court. We're just throwing Harden out there as an example. But Bones Highland, he's not scoring the way he needs to score because he's not a facilitating guard. He's not. He's a scoring first, a combo guard. He ain't scoring right. He's not there effectively on defense. He tries, but he ain't really there. And that's just the way it always been. Let's just go to another guy, Chris. Just want to throw it. This is all the way in the East Coast. But another guy is a perfect example. We had Jordan Poole pegged to be 26 plus. He ain't doing it. And he's been checking out in and out of these games like he's going to give you 40 a night. And he ain't giving you 40 a night. But that 2K, he is. I dropped 50 with him in 2K. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to make sure everyone understands what I'm about to say. I watched the most unserious basketball game of my life between two professional teams. What's game? I watched Washington at Charlotte. (laughs) 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 I didn't even laugh like that. It's just, as soon as you said it, it's like, that's that's either a high-scoring slugfest or just bricks. Like, it's just bricks. It it was so bad. Like, (laughs) The bricks that Charlotte threw up were so loud, I couldn't do any. I couldn't do anything but laugh. Like this game was terrible, right? But, but my point with Jer- with Jordan Poole is that you mentioned it. It's like it's almost like Washington just took every like you know how they you say you build a team like you need, you don't want the guys that's like you know worried about themselves first. You want past you know team first guys. You know Hardens, like you don't want them guys, right? It's like Poole and Kuzma are the, like, other teams was like, yo, we can't win with these guys. We're going to send them to Washington. And they're going to play with each other, boss. But they're going to play as a duo and just be unbelievably bad. But they will catch some teams on some nights. They're going to catch a Charlotte. They're going to catch a Detroit. They're going to catch Orlando. They're going to catch – they might catch, you know, Memphis. They might catch some teams where they just, you know, back-to-backs, whatever. They'll win some games. But it is unserious hoops. All right, go ahead, Jerry. And then that's, that's literally my point is 
right now we you're you're pegging these guys to be like superstars. Pool dropped what forty three against some Chinese players, right? Now in the NBA he's averaging eighteen. Kuzma looks like the best player in that team. In the Clippers case, it's kind of the same where they the Clippers just don't have the lack of expectations like the Wizards have. The Wizards have no expectations, so these guys can shot Chuck Lore and have fun down twenty, throw lobs at the backboard. If I see the Clippers doing that, and it, it just doesn't work, and then the plays off, you can't have. The lack of energy and heart and cohesiveness, you can't have. Yeah, y'all all talk about we want to win, but at the end of the day, if y'all not having fun in the system y'all playing in, it's not like 2K where you're just going to keep getting buckets. No, these guys are gone. Them egos are checked out. So when I tell you, yeah, I think Harden should come off the bench and just take the ego hit, it's not going to happen. It's really not. But for if this is 2K, you take you do that, oh, his ego's going to be the same. The, the moderate level is going to be there. He's going to get you them buckets. To, in real life, it's just not going to be like that because you have to think about real life emotions and these are human beings. Mm. But I'm going, if you go just off of what they did before Harden got there, that starting lineup was fine. It was cohesive and they were getting their wins that they, they were they were getting their wins in the games. They had closer margin games. And the only thing was that Russ just had more flow of control of the offense and it was Russ PG and Kawhi was always just a Kawhi. Kawhi's never really been a playmaking style win. Now adding in Harden, Russ is still trying to be the guy, but as soon as he passes off to Harden or PG, either one of those can now be the, the new facilitator, and then Russ just becomes on an island or in a dunker spot, and it just works and doesn't work, and it just stops the offense. You've seen the last – I watched the Knicks game. They watched their Nets game. The stoppage of flow that they have, like there, there are moments where boom, 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 everything clicks, and then when it, when the flow stops, a turnover occurs – it just, it just, the attrition just keeps like, going up. All the way bad things happen now. I watched that Nets game, right? The thing about the Clippers is they had a couple of good possessions where they were flowing and things were, you know, things were good. But they had a lot more possessions where it's just kind of like it got the, it, and I hate to pick on Harden, but it, it happened. The ball got in Harden's hand and everything stopped. Everything slowed the hell down. And it was like, dog, like keep moving the ball. Like you clearly have either open shot, which he hesitated. Or he could have swung. He, uh, you don't swing. He don't swing, and that's that's not. A, I don't blame him for that. When you think you' about to get it right, if because again we've yeah, seen him. But, but Jared, if everybody and everybody on the court, everybody on the sidelines, everybody in the in the arena, everybody watching at home knows he ain't about to get it. No, no, he's, he's the last. He's the last person to realize, dude. Like, yeah, you ain't getting it, and it's like, man. Yeah. This, but here's the thing: this has been. Honestly speaking, right, going back and looking at it, hindsight being 2020, every, everything looks perfect. I understand that. Hindsight being 2020, that the when he gained all that weight and showed up in Houston, out of shape, trying to get traded, he has not been the guy since. No. Uh, well, he has he not did. been he has not been the same guy since. He did show up with that triple dub, but that was just a petty Rock versus the Rockets. That, that versus Rock. Who, I forgot who they played, but that was just the petty. Yeah, I can still give you a thirty point. Yeah, some, 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 some team that probably was the Nets. Honestly, it was probably some team that just stunk. I forgot who it was with, but he that was his showcase moment. Kodak. Yeah, But no, um, yeah, and then like again, now you look at the other side of it. The Sixers look good, Chris. We're like numbers wise, very good. Second. Yeah, in, I got, I got the numbers. Hold on, hold on, I got the numbers. Don't even ah, ah I got the numbers. Sixers' average margin of victory without Harden this year is over 14 points a game. They're fifth in points per game, fourth in rebounds, second in blocks. They're 12th in pace of play compared to the Clippers, like I said, 22nd. Fourth in offensive rating, Clippers are 14th. Fourth in defensive rating, Clippers are fifth, surprisingly. And like I said, Clippers being 29th in assist to turnover ratio, Sixers are 13th. Without a true point guard, quote unquote, to some people, but I think Tyrese Maxey has definitely elevated his game. Has proven that he can move the ball. Him and him and Embiid are the highest highest scoring duo yep. in the league right now. They're the first duo to average twenty five five and five collectively as a tandem since Curry and Durant. So you're in if your numbers are that good, you obviously are one of the top top teams in the East now. Milwaukee struggled a bit out the gate. I think they'll turn it around. Boston is what it is. They're going to be there. They got the guys. They're going to be there. Yeah, they nice, bro. Like, the Sixers squeaked out that win with the Boston. Nice, but, but here's the thing. The Sixers squeaked out that win. But I didn't have the same, oh, my God, they're going to blow it. Nope. As I have in previous years. You know what I'm saying? 
that Boston. Oh my, hard. oh my God, they're gonna, oh my God, they're gonna blow it because they were up big with Boston. They were up big. Boston mm-hmm. couldn't put the put, Boston could not shoot the ball, and Boston is one of those teams like last year. They're gonna live and die with the three. Yep, they have a hard time manufacturing offense. Uh, ooh. sorry, you know, talking bad about Boston and my my mic falls. Uh, they have a hard time manufacturing offense outside of shooting the three. You know, it kind of it didn't look great when Brown was throwing that elbow and trying to get in the paint and do things. You know, can't dribble left. We all know the story. Tatum is killing the you know killing the boards. He had fifteen boards versus the Sixers, but not a lot production wise as far as points. Rosengus, it is what it is. Drew Holiday, it is what it is. Derek White, it is what it is. If you're asking me right now, do the Sixers have a shot? Yeah, they got a shot. If they can play. What, though? That's my If they can play the way they're playing now, sustain it throughout the year, do they have a shot to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, they do. They got a shot. Theoretically, they got a shot. (laughs) Theoretically, they always got a shot. You got to see how this team plays in crunch time. We got to see how if there is another move to be made. You got to see if if it's Ananubi, if it's Levine. The more I think about it, I don't really want Zach Levine. The more I think about it, and I've been told you that. Mm, no, been told you that. The, yes. the lack of knees, the chucking. I don't really know if I want to. Do I, it. I feel like that's not a, that's not a bad argument though. Saying you don't want Zach Levine, I told you who I want out of the, the guys that they named. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. You want OG in the movie. I know. Man's good. Man's good. And, and I think, and I think OG would help them, especially become you know a, a more elite defensive team. You better than Melton and Fitzpatrick. You won't have to worry about him stepping on Maxie's toes, and I think nope. Melton and I think Melton could be very valuable off the bench if you choose to keep him. Uh, depending on what they do with Batum, are they going to start Batum? Are they going to start Ubre? Are they going to start Covington? Are they going? You know, I don't know. Um, there's talk, of, there's rumblings about maybe starting Batum and letting him be uh, kind of PJ ish. But I like I like I like Ubre. Nah, he ain't starting. I take it back. Whatever. I take it back. I take back what I said last week about Uber. Take it back. Keep him. Keep him in the starting lineup. The man flows. He fits. It's something we ain't had. I think a lot of it is a lot of it is he gets a lot of the junk that other you know that that, that guys weren't getting before. He doesn't he doesn't interfere with Tobias. He doesn't interfere with Embiid. He doesn't interfere with Maxi. He can you know he can sit in the corner and and he can come and crash the paint and he can do a, a lot of different things on offense that this team didn't have before. Which is what um, we need. He's the but, one that he has is better than athleticism. Dude, it's a lot. It's a lot of things I like about him. If you choose guy. to bring him off the bench and start Batum, no, nope. I don't. I don't. I don't dislike it. I hate it. He's too he, man. He can't move lateral. He can't move lateral for a long time. That's not even big things. But you can make the same argument you made with Harden for Ubre. You can play him starter minutes. You can just bring him off the bench. We did that already, and it's still, still winning. I mean, I don't think Ubre, regardless, is going. The damage isn't going to come. He's but I here. think I think they need they need him off the bench more. In the I don't know. I mean, yeah, because in the long run, we do. No, no, no. We have no, no bench. bench we have no bench. I think. In the long I, think, run, we think I think in the long run, he's the sixth man off the bench. I'd much rather you start Cove or Marcus Morris then, which I had originally. Told you st- no, no, no on Marcus I'd Morris. I'm going to start. I'm going to start Batum. No. I'm going to start Batum. I, I'm. I was impressed with what I saw. I like yeah off the bench uh, again. I gotta see these guys as starters. I didn't think Uber yeah, was going to be a starter, but he just, does. Just because he's starting doesn't mean he's playing starter minutes. Necessarily means he's finishing the game. No, but as a starter, I, I have expectations for you to at least you know carry your weight. And if he can't carry his Who weight, was? what carry his weight? Like what? what do you what do you expect from Batum in the starting lineup? I need him and to shoot defensive, three threes. That's it. Defensive shooting. If he ain't hitting, he ain't hitting. Because again, yeah, coming on the bench is different than coming as a starter. When you're coming as a starter, you're playing starter guys, a starter level equivalent starter guy defense. Off the bench, yeah. you get guarded by scrubs like Sam Hauser. Yeah, but it's not. But it's not like first of all. But it's not like they were saying Sam Hauser's like in that again NBA wise. Whatever, Sam Hauser. My point is, Batum was. It wasn't like they they put Batum in and and all of a sudden Celtics were 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 playing Sam Hauser. They put Batum in and he was. Over there, you know, having a having a conversation in the corner with Al Horford. Like I, I seen it. Like you know, really Al Horford's not a starter. That's the sub. That's that's the subs. Again, let's be fair. But my point, my point being, 
guy with starter experience, guy who can start if you needed him to in, in Horford. You can start Batum if you needed him to, and he won't interrupt the flow. And I think it'll be better for the long run to have Ubre off the bench versus Guess what, though? anybody. Who else? Okay, here, here, okay, let me ask you this question before you start. You start Ubre. Yes. Who? Where's your bench scoring coming from? Right now, who's our bench scoring coming from? Yeah, who's the bench scoring coming from? Right now, it's crazy. Our best, our best bench scorer is Nick Batum. That's okay. crazy. Who would you rather have coming off the bench if you need some some spark in your offense? If, I know. If it can Ooh, down I'd rather have Ubre. Ubre does it all. He, he, he creates his own shot. He creates his own shot. He does it. That's not the That's not the I don't think the thing. Yeah, but I don't think Covington should start. I do. I think Covington again. Covington defense is just still better than Batum's. From what I've seen in just a couple games, Covington still has the agility and burst of movement to still be able to swing. And now, finish. if they started, now if they started Covington, will I be that upset about it? No, but I. If it's you not like you'd be more upset if Marcus Morris started. You, you said now you just yeah. I, I think Morris. I think that's I think that's PJ. I think that's PJ all over again, and I don't think that team needs this. So I'm not saying know, I'm not saying Marcus Morris can't play. You know, I'm just saying he can't play starter minutes. That's it. You know what's crazy? Out of all the things we were talking about, this this might be the most wildest Sixers conversation you could ever have because we've never been able to talk about Sixers death and starting lineups. We can never do it. Nope. We nope. we've never been able to talk about the rotational moves and stuff that you could do because even then, if you want to start, I, I don't think you could argue. I wouldn't even be mad if you argue. Hey, look, we're going to start Paul Reed and if Nick Nurse came out and say we're going to start Paul Reed next week and move uh, to the bench. I wouldn't. I don't think because we're so deep. We're so deep. I'm like, dude, because if you move Paul Reed to the bench, guess who just gets inserted into a lineup? Mo Bamba, who still hasn't really like shown anything yet, because he he's just not getting the minutes because we just don't need him at the minutes. So I'm just like, dude, like I'm, I'm, like, no, I'm, not, I'm like not necessarily concerned about lack of Bamba because it's a long season. Again, no, I'm not I'm not concerned about anything at this moment because I'm just like, man, we never had this much death before. Like we're still playing Ferg and sometimes Daniel House. People forget that House is even on the team still. Like this is how much Jared, death the team has. Jared, Jared, I just want to bring this to your attention. You are going up on the roller coaster. Please be prepared. Oh, the Daniel's deep, coming. The Chris, you, drop. you do realize as soon as the trade comes for Levine or anybody, the death disappears because it's, it's going. It's going again. And then we'll, we'll be back to the regulating of who should play, who shouldn't play. This guy has to be a starter. Can we just trade it for him? It doesn't really matter because if this team doesn't make it out the second round, it, it, it is what it I don't, is. I don't, I Chris, you, you had them at Conference Finals potentially. Question mark. Dot, dot, dot. No, no, no. I said they, no, no, no. I said they got a shot I, if they play the way they're playing right now, as in. I don't think they have points per game, fourth in rebounds, second in blocks. Oh yeah, I just don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's sustainable. High defensive rating, high offensive rating, no low turnover. Like the defense, defense I think stays the same. Defense should always stay the same because now this new system. Oh man, Nick Nurse got these guys really playing defense. Everything else, it's going to trend downwards a little bit because at the end of the day, it's early in the season, and when guys start switching it and locking it in, it's not that Sixers are not going to be just doing the same thing. It's just they're going to lag behind when it comes to the talent. This is how it is. We're just going to laugh. Talent, talent to who? Talent to where? No, no, no. It's to what teams? The Bucks and the Celtics. The and two teams. The two teams that you need to worry about the most. And that's <laughs> where they've been. That's where they've been. It, so and that's the two teams you'll see at the semifinals. But, like, it's the but, same thing all over again. But this this Sixers team, I think, is better than last year's Sixers team. I can I can say yeah I can say that I can agree with and that. And I think that this Boston team is worse than last year's Boston team. I disagree with that. That that I disagree. With. I disagree. With that. I think I think now 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 worse being that their weaknesses are more are weaker because the bench is in a horrible because they have no bench. No bench. They, no, have no, they, they are one. They are one injury away from yeah, being bad. screwed completely. But their bench, I feel like they'll they'll they'll. You have a good GM. They'll get. He'll get you or find a couple players that you know are, are going to be affordable. Yeah, are you going to be able to pay them long term? Is this a one? Year, is this a one this year? Is this a one, one, year. one year experiment? It's a one, it's a one year. It's so, a one year experiment for the bench at least. The other guys are their contracts. Are 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 the Celtics, the West Clippers? Because no. that that's a one year experiment yes. too for all them guys. The yes. older yes, but yes. A, that's that's if they don't make it this year, they're going to blow that up. It's not the and same. I, think, I yeah. think, honestly, honestly speaking, and I could be wrong, but this is just from my perspective. If the Celtics don't make it, if the Celtics don't win the finals this year, I think Jalen Brown's going. I don't even think it should be if they win it or not. If they, Jalen Brown should be going regardless because his role has diminished 
severely. It's if not they win the, if they win the finals, I don't think they're going to try to move him. I don't think they're going to outwardly try to move him. But I, don't, I, don't, win the final, I, think, I think if he wins the finals, I think that he he still may ask for a trader. If not, I think if they lose it, though, he's out. And if they don't make it, he's really out. And why is he out? Because, again, just watching that Sixers game and several of the other games that he's had, his roles diminished. That's, that's he still cool. can't dribble the way you want him to dribble. Is he supposed to be been working on it, Chris? You know what I'm saying? Working yeah, on it. If I can, listen, me and Jalen Brown can both go in the same direction, but I don't get paid $300 million. And in, at that point, if you can't find your offense, which it'll, it'll come eventually, but if you can't find your offense in this team that is so offense-centric with everybody else, your yeah, role is you can't beat the Sixers. Come on now. You can't and beat the poverty franchise. You, the, he, the, again, Chris already mentioned the push-offs they had to do just to try and get to a bucket on Maxi. This one shows the elevation of Maxi's defense. First of all, first of all, Jalen Brown like six seven. Maxi like six two. Come on, man. Why yeah, you get two handed blocked by this guy? It's it's bad. So it's just like Jalen Brown thinks out regardless. I think Jalen Brown's done. He but he's had his money to get that bag. You gotta get your bag first, and then you gotta get out the door. That's the only way the NBA works now. Yep, I agree. Speaking of getting the bag, a, a guy who may be in line for the bag in the future if he plays this way moving forward, C.J. Stroud, your boy. Um, there's a lot of questions about whether or not C.J. Stroud is the real deal. Now, I think without question, he's off. He's the rookie of the year. Like I think C.J. Stroud's rookie of the year. Yeah, but is he a? Is he going to be? I should say a top level quarterback in this league, Jared. Yes, I know. I know you. You have your, your hatred towards Ohio State quarterbacks. But uh, Caesar Stroud is—he's definitely that guy. He looks good. Uh, wait, 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 wait. I will admit it. C.J. Stroud is the best current Ohio State quarterback in the NFL. That's right facts. Now. That's 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 facts. Four hundred seventy yards and five touchdowns, no interceptions, one hundred forty-seven passer rating. Man, that's huge. He had a phenomenal game. And it's like, has he had a phenomenal game with? Let's be for real, with talent that's like questionable. You have, you have questionable talent in your offensive end, but he just makes it work. He's doing his thing. That offensive line he has is really great. Like the, the Titans have a, a very good chance to projectively get better and better each year. They just do the drafts right and they do their thing. See, Estrada, I think he's going to be a high-paid guy. Rookie of the year, I agree. You, he's locked that in. I don't see any faults with his game at the moment besides just like the efficiency of it. Like this, this is a big game. We just saw him have. Does he keep it going or is it going to be a down game next? And that's like again, all rookies have that, or any quarterback has a better. For good quarterbacks to be great quarterbacks, you got to have fewer of those worst games and always a lot more of those very good to good games. Like those games that you just like, he just had 374 the last, that game. The game after that, he had 302. Or the game after that is 252 and then a rushing touchdown because, you know, a lot of guys are mobile now. And those are the games that you want to see more of from him than these runoffs, where it's these one really big game and then like the week before, 140 versus the Panthers, right? And then that's coming off of a 199 and two touchdown game versus the Saints. Like, we can't keep having the one in, one off, one in, one off. It has to be more consistency from him. And when he gets that and that really just clicks for him, oh, yeah, he's getting paid big time. He's getting paid big time. He's, he's easily the best uh, rookie quarterback in the, that came out of the draft because uh, Bryce has been inconsistent as hell. I mean, you argue me down about Bryce Young and about how good Bryce Young going to get there. He's going to get it together. He's going to be good. Don't, don't uh, you do I don't. I, I mean, Bryce I watched that. I unfortunately watched that game last night with him in Chicago. Not good. He is at times like they, they, they this teammates talk real highly of Bryce Young. So I, that has to be in consideration. Like you have to obviously take that in, into consideration. Like this teammates still like him. Still, well, Bryce has the intangibles. Like it's just the, let's be honest, Chris, the talent. But right. he, okay, here's the thing about the intangibles. He doesn't have the physical intangibles. Like he is on the smaller side. He's what five nine? Five ten. Nine. He's five nine, Jared. He's not shorter than me. He's five ten. You're not five ten, but I'm five ten. He's about one hundred and eighty pounds. Yeah, he was like, like it's like if they put you on there and play quarterback, Jared. You can't survive as an NFL quarterback. If not I was offense, him, I could. Not, not offense. Not an offense to you, but if, if I was him. I could though, because he's gonna do it, Chris. He's going to do it. That's why I'm saying you're completely not hearing my point. He is he the physically he can't. He's already he's already missed games. He's already missed time in his rookie year. They can't use him on quarterback sneaks on four for one because uh, little light little light can't really you know move. So they gotta resort to bootlegs, naked you know naked bootlegs, play action passes on fourth and one. When any other real team would just 
quarterbacks need to keep moving. You know what I'm saying? They can't do that with Bryce Young. He holds the ball real long. He's yes, he's an accurate thrower, but he doesn't throw the ball deep. So you're doing a whole it's a whole bunch of checkdowns and intermediate routes. And I mean, at best, I can see him being Jimmy J. At best. See, that's a struggle. <laughs> at best. Mind you, at, mind you, he's already beaten CJ Stroud in the matchup, right? Yeah, that's a big L on CJ Stroud's record. I'm going to get there. Yeah, he had a good game. Again, the talent pool that I – I hate to say it. The talent pool that the Texans have is better than the Panthers. Yeah, you would argue it's switched, but it's not because, one, the Panthers have no run game. It's non-existent. So that, the run game is supposed to take pressure off your quarterback. It's not Listen, at all. Chuba Hubbard, Miles Sanders, it's not good enough. They need to get better. The offensive line is putrid, which is why there's no run game to speak of. Your best receiver is a 34-year-old vet in Adam Thielen who's still balling out of his mind. But it's like, where's the young talent? Where's the guys, the young guys that you've been drafting, you've been trying to get? Minnesota, Minnesota, by the way. Minnesota, by the way, I think would benefit from having Thielen there. I don't don't think they should have let him go, but they didn't want to pay him. But if you think about it now, Addison's good, but he would have been better in the slot than as a two. And Thielen had been there. Now, with Jefferson getting hurt and Thielen and Addison, oh, man, yeah, they'd have been phenomenal. This team would have been better, but then again, Kirk Cousins just got hurt. But that's their team just has a lot of holes in it. But Bryce, like, it's just like okay, when this you're hoping the Panthers get better, and when I say get better, you're hoping they really start effectively utilizing the draft and free agency the right way. Now they have this young quarterback that players that are going to be free agents will look at and say, "Hey, I could play for this guy, or I could play for this team." Now they look like they're going somewhere before they look like they were going nowhere, and that's the same case on the Texans. This is why I think the Texans are going to have a very real shot. At something soon. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, Chris, if uh, after this season, Hopkins returns to the Texans. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that. Because it's not like the bag won't be there for him. And it's not like the talent quarterback won't be there for him either. Yeah, but, I mean, do he want to go back to Houston? He, he kind of burned some words on the way out. He did burn some words on the way out. So, which I, wouldn't be, I said, that's why I said I wouldn't be surprised. I still think Chiefs are his main target. Goal is the goal is the Chiefs. But let me, let's, let's, go back to, let's go back to Stroud, right? Because you mentioned a lot of his Stroud's numbers in the beginning, but I have some numbers here that that you know. Let's put some things in perspective. He's top ten, he's seventh in yards. Yeah. So total yards, he's he's good. He is sixth in first downs. So he's you know as a quarterback, he's responsible for the sixth most first downs while he's on the on the on the uh, field. His first interception percentage doesn't really throw you know too many interceptions. Doesn't really throw any at all. Keeps the ball out of harm's way. However, he's twenty sixth. And completion percentage. That's not good. Nope. He is behind. Let me tell you who the guys he's behind right now. Sam Howe, Russell Wilson, Tyson Bajan, Jimmy G, Desmond Ritter, your boy, Baker Mayfield, Matt Jones. No, time out. Go back. That's your boy. You defend Desmond Ritter on this show multiple times. Yeah, bro. He got better better completion percentage than CJ Stroud. So that's your boy. Trash got bets, by the way. Your boy got benched. He got hurt. Mac Jones, twenty second. Minshew, twenty third. Dobbs, Josh Dobbs, twenty fourth. Bryce Young's twenty fifth. So he's a spot ahead of CJ Stroud in terms of completion percentage. Like I said, a lot of dinks and dunks by Bryce Young. And then Stout being twenty six, and then Tannehill, Watson, Fields, Pickett, Zach Wilson after him. So he's among the worst quarterbacks in the NFL as far as completion percentage. But he's among the best when it turn when it comes to not turning the ball over, converting on first, you know, converting first downs, and putting up overall yards. And I think a lot of that has been skewed because he had a phenomenal 500 yard game against Tampa Bay. He's had some good he had some good games. He had that snigger against Carolina. But I think C.J. Stroud. I can admit I was wrong. I thought C.J. Stroud would stink. He has actually been good, and he is like I said the best Ohio State quarterback currently in the NFL right now. That's fair. You know, you're wrong about that. Like, shoot, the other one's been garbage lately. Oh, he hasn't even played with a thumb injury. But he does I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you finally mentioned, you know, that he has been garbage. That's cool. And the word is not lately. It has been always. <sighs> Since he's been drafted. Wow. He stunk. <laughs> What's, what, name me one, name me one Justin Fields highlight that doesn't involve him running. That doesn't involve him running. Give me a second. I actually got the stats right here. That doesn't involve him running. Quickly, quickly. 
I got it, man. Listen, there was a game what? he had versus Denver, 335 yards, four stop, 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 stop. Denver gave up 70 points. Give me an actual defense, please. Washington, 282 yards, four touchdowns. Okay, Washington. And then he got hurt the next game in Minnesota. But that those are those yeah, two. So, he's, so, all right, stinks. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that was about it. That was it. All right. That was like it's time, it's time for some predictions. Forget all that. It's time for some predictions. I don't want to hear nothing else about Justin Fields, okay? Justin I mean, Fields I, I this. Want, I want one Justin Fields that. Justin <laughs> Fields this. Justin Fields that. Justin Fields about to get his job took by Tyson Bajan, okay? That's all you need to know about Justin Fields. I'm serious. I'm not joking. I'm dead serious. Jared, let's start with some predictions. Let's start with the international game this week. The Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots both travel to Germany to play Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern. Who you got? You go first. <laughs> it's just a bad game. Uh, I got the I got See? the Colts. Ah. Maybe. <laughs> I got the Colts, kinda. <laughs> Do, you know? Do I know? Do you, I got the Patriots. Just, okay. All right. We'll fine. 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 We'll, we'll, fine. Let me take Bill Belichick. Because uh, at this game, like, do I have the Colts really winning this game? Like, do I? This one of them games. This one of them Colts. Here's the thing about the Colts. The Colts always end up in shootouts. In New England, don't really like to play shootouts. <laughs> at all. <laughs> they don't like it at all. Okay, San Francisco travels to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Coming off a of bye week, both teams actually coming off a of bye week. San Francisco coming off a three-game losing streak, though. Who do you got? Is it is it wild? I think the Jags can win this game. No, not at all. Like, is that a crazy thing? Because I think they, both teams are coming off buys, but it's not like the 49ers have gotten much better. Brock's still going to be playing through an injury. CJ McCaffrey's still playing through an injury. I know they just got Chase Young. That's going to be a problem for uh, Trevor Lawrence, but I can see them winning this game at home, so I think I'd take the Jags. The more I think about it, the more I wanted to I, – like, I wanted to take San Francisco because it's like, okay, bye week they get back they get back in rhythm. They they get their things together. They, they kind of stop playing around. But Jacksonville at home, it's a tough place to play. You have a West Coast team traveling to the East Coast to play the 1 o'clock game. I, yeah, I know they're coming off a of bye, but they've also come off three straight losses. And the loss they had to Cincinnati, I think Cincinnati and Jacksonville are very comparable. Yep. Very comparable. Yeah, they got Chase Young. I mean, uh, I got Jacksonville winning this game too, Jerry. I ain't going to lie. I don't think it's, it's hate for San it's not slight. It's not slight on San Francisco. It's just. If they got they got a like I seen them versus a team like this in Cincinnati and they lost. Will they mm-hmm. be able to, to bounce back and put it together? Now, if their defense, if Jacksonville's defense, if Jacksonville's Jacksonville's defense, which leads to league in turnovers or takeaways, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yep. If they're able to force Brock Tur- Brock Purdy into bad scenarios, bad situations, whatever, and that Jacks and that and that uh San Francisco defense can't do that to Jarvis Lawrence. It's not going to be pretty. Like, it's not going to be pretty for San Because then we're going to have conversations around San Francisco mm-hmm. where they're going to be called frauds. Like, mm-hmm. the people are going to call them frauds. And it's like, I don't think they're fraudulent. I just think they're going through a rough patch in their schedule. Like, they have a hard schedule. Now, at one point in time when San Francisco was killing everybody, people were talking about San Francisco possibly being an undefeated football team. And <clears> look <throat> at the schedule coming up now. They have Jacksonville at home. I'm sorry, Jacksonville, they're playing at home. They have to go to Seattle. They have a bye week in between them. You know, uh, I'm sorry, no bye week. They have a. Do they have a bye week coming up? Oh no, I'm sorry. They have. No, they have a uh, Tampa at home next week. Then they have Seattle on Thursday, which is Thanksgiving Day. Seattle, I'm sorry, they have to travel to Seattle on Thanksgiving Day. Then they have to travel to Philadelphia. Then they play Seattle again at home. Then they have the Cardinals with Kyler Murray back. I mean, after that, they got Baltimore, Washington, Rams. So, if they lose this game, 
we might be looking at San Francisco like they could possibly be the three seed in the NFC because Detroit could jump them. And if Detroit's two, and let's say Seattle might be like, – let's say Seattle seven just for, for argument's sake. That's a good – that's a great matchup. That's a great first-round matchup. But – They don't make you mad. They like, don't piss you but, off. Then it's going to be, do you want to see Seattle in the playoffs? Do you want to see – you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to end up in these situations where you're going to see – if San Francisco ends up playing third or for whatever reason, let's say they're fourth, I don't think it's going to happen. But let's just, you know, for argument's sake. If you're the five seed and let's say you got to play San Francisco who's four, mm. like, come on, man. Or San Francisco being three. Let's say it's three, six, and Dallas is six. San Francisco is three. And you got to play them in the first round. Yes, that's like come like, on. That's not a great matchup. It's, it's, it's then you then you're just becoming of like who really can just get out the mud in that game. That's where y'all. Yeah, go. yeah. So I mean, you look at you look at a team like San Francisco. I think that you know what. The more I talk myself into this and I look at their schedule, they have to win this game. Yeah. So I think I'm going to take San Francisco. Like I, they have to win this game because if they don't, they're in trouble. <laughs> they're in serious trouble. New Orleans travels to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Jared, who you got? Actually, looking at the Vikings, I think Josh Dobbs can get it done. He got it done in the last game. Had never threw a pass to his teammates, and he came in and got a good win. Mm-hmm. And now I think they go into this New Orleans that's just been playing so mediocre, and the like. It just hasn't really clicked or flowed. I think they can go in there and shock them with this this quarterback they've really never seen before when it comes to this offense and this play style. And they can get the win, and then if you get that win there, Justin Jefferson can come back to this team a little bit happy, saying, "Hey, we can still fight for something." Yeah, yeah, but it's not going to happen. I think New Orleans is going to win this game. Um, New Orleans tends to get into New Orleans tends to get into shootouts with teams that they shouldn't be in shootouts with all the time. They should not be. They should not be in shootouts with Minnesota, but I think that they are going to be in a shootout with Minnesota. Um. Both, te- I mean, they're playing indoors. The the two teams that that are don't are dome teams primarily. Yes, Dobbs is there with a new, new team, new playbook, new, new, new whole new roster and everything. Um, I think that. I mean, New Orleans is on its premise a defensive team, with a defensive head coach. Like I think Cam Cam Jordan, Tyron Matthew, like they're going to have to make some plays, especially because. If Atlanta, if you are in, in this in this thing with the NFC South and all these teams are pretty much relatively close except for Carolina, you got to keep pace. And Atlanta, I think, has a good shot to win this week. So I think that New Orleans has to win this week if they want to try to keep pace in the NFC South, especially with the season kind of at its halfway point. So I think I'll have New Orleans on the road. Jared, Tennessee travels to Tampa Bay, take on the Buccaneers, who you got. Tennessee, we've been on the road. Will Levis has looked very good. Tim Bay just hasn't – they've just on the decline now. Baker's been playing like Baker, and that's just what happens. I got Tennessee winning. I got Tampa Bay winning this game. I think that Tennessee's been playing yeah. real high. Um, I think Tennessee's been playing above their means, and we haven't seen Will Levis have that rookie moment yet where it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, because every rookie kind of goes to that, like, eh. They're going to have that, yeah, that, that, that horrible loss game. It's, I, think that I this, thought it was going to come earlier, but it hasn't yet. I think that Tampa Bay has been playing a little bit better, and they've gotten a little unlucky. Like, that, for all intents and purposes, they they had a chance to beat Buffalo. Um, They just, they, like, it's something, it's something there. It's, with Baker, like, I, I don't think he's completely bad at all. Like, I don't think he's horrible, but he's not elite. He's not upper echelon. Like, he had a good little – he had a good stretch of games in Cleveland and then when they won in, won in Pittsburgh. But he does have that flip side where he's missing open guys and he's not completing passes and taking a lot of sacks and he's eh. – so <laughs> I think that this – I think you're going to see more good Baker at home. Tennessee, not a great – um, what's the team? Not a team, not a great team against the run. And even though Tampa Bay doesn't like to run the ball a lot, I think they want to use Rashad White out the backfield, get him a lot of screen passes. You can always take the top of the defense if you got Mike Evans if he's healthy. Godwin's been getting some production, so I think 
Tampa. I think Tampa wins this game only because they're the home team. Like if this was in Tennessee, I probably would take Tennessee, but I think I'd Tampa at home. Cleveland travels to Baltimore, taking the Ravens. Jared, who you got? Ravens. I think they're going. The Ravens just been playing such good football. Another divisional matchup. They always play each other hard. But looking at the way Lamar is trying to prove something, got his contract, the way he's been playing, the team's getting healthier day, game by game. Deshaun's just coming back. I, I like. I think I like the Ravens a little bit more to edge them out. I agree. Houston travels to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Jared, who you got? Bengals with a, by a mile. Give me the Bengals by a mile. They're going to probably blow them out. I agree with that. I mean, I don't know about the blowout part, but I think it's Cincinnati wins. Um, Green Bay travels to Pittsburgh, take on the Steelers. Jared, who you got? The Steelers, even though both teams relatively aren't that good. I mean, the Steelers actually are good-ish. Like, it's weird to say that the Steelers aren't good, but they just don't look good, right? Like, that's the best way to describe it. Oh, yeah, real ugly. Real ugly football. They're a winning football team. It's just like – It's ugly. So, yeah, it's, it's an not ugly winning football team. Watch. It's not exciting. It doesn't, like, make you lo- – It makes you. I guess you could say you love the game football when it comes to the trench work, but, like – not making you excited it's to be a Steelers of, fan. A lot of, a lot of trench work. Because, like, you're not – like, if you're a Steelers fan or just watching the Steelers, you're, there's no anticipation to say, oh, we can really go win a Super Bowl or anything like that. They don't even – I don't even think they're going to play off game, but they're winning games to keep Mike Tomlin record alive. Shout out to him. But also to be like, hey, we could maybe, maybe, maybe slim chance when they play. Maybe make a surprise, but I just don't see it. Atlanta travels to Arizona to take on the Cardinals with Kyle Murray back. Jared, who you got? You know who I got. I got the I got Arizona, I mean I got Falcons winning that game. I don't Kyle Murray's just getting back. He's gonna look so bad. It might be uh puke worthy game for him. Like it's gonna be bad. Taylor Heineke's still playing and Taylor Heineke's connection with the receivers, with the offenses, which just looked flowed a lot better than Ritter. And I just like I think they're gonna he's gonna have a very good game. I know you have a lot of uh Ritter sneak distant, but if if there's any concern for Heineke, he's this is a, he's going against a defense defense and the defensive coordinator, defensive coaching that has seen him in Washington, so they kind of know what he what he can and cannot do. Atlanta doesn't like to throw the ball a lot. They like he to run their one game. He better, he better, Chris, he better. But I think that Atlanta gets the win. Arizona, you know, they're kind of trying to work Kyler Murray back. We're going to see his mobility. We're going to see. If he can connect with his receivers, we're going to see what kind of off. I mean, they put up zero points. Like, I mean, they they put up zero points against Cleveland. Got got killed. You know, basically just got killed. Mm-hmm. So we're we're going to see. I mean, Atlanta they don't have a great defense, but they don't have a terrible defense. They're real middle of the pack. Um, and that is a real middle of the pack team. Like they're just kind of like they're there. They're there. They're there. They're there. Detroit travels to the L.A. Chargers home and so far, Jared, who you got? Detroit. I like the Lions. Man, they just they, they just look very they're the third best team in the NFC. So yeah, I like the Lions win this game against the Chargers. Second. Right now it's the 49ers still. Hmm. Yeah, I can say it's the 49ers still. Um I thought Chargers were gonna charge her last week against the Jets. They didn't. I could have told you. I did tell you that. But they didn't blow them out like I said that they wouldn't. Yeah, I thought it was going to be by 14. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. So yeah. Detroit, I think, is built to win games indoors. Yep. This game will be indoors. Goff back in L.A. Mm-hmm. Might be a little bit of a revenge game. You know, never know. Brandon Staley. Yeah. <laughs> that's just a, that's an ad code. That's a, hey, that's, yeah. just a real, just a just an unnecessary sneak disc, but deserve. Speaking of eh, the Giants travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. How much do the Giants lose by Jerry? Mm, fourteen. I got fourteen. Oh, you have them covering. Oh, that they have fourteen as the line. The line is seventeen and a half. <laughs> They lose by 21. They lose by 21. Dale Jones at 20 CL, he ain't playing. I don't know who the starting quarterback is. Tyrod not playing. Tommy DeVito, the third string quarterback, is starting this week. And he was like trash. So yeah, give me give me the Cowboys big. 21. 21. 21. Washington travels to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Jared, who you got? You repeat the first thing? 
Washington travels to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Oh, Seattle. Seattle's winning that game. Ew, okay. that's a gross game. All right. Jets travel to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Jared, who you got? See, this is the game where the Jets win, Chris. You got the weeks confused. You got the weeks confused. The Jets win mm-hmm. this one, mm-hmm. and they lose the charges. The, the Raiders are going to lose to the Jets this week. Mm-mm, no, they're not. Raiders win. Raiders win at home on nope. Sunday night football. Uh, yes, yes. Antonio Pierce, new life. Max Crosby, smoking L's during interviews. I am all in. I am back. I am back in on the Raiders. Nope. I'm in. I am here. I am all in. Time to get humbled by the Jets. Humble. I don't know if you can humble a team that's just, you know, happy to be free. Happy to be free of dictatorship and and nonsense and tomfoolery. True. Very true. So. And plus, you know, you know, Ray, you know, Aaron gonna be out there throwing on the sideline. Yeah, Jets might get a little Jets might get a little, little buzz. But I think the Raiders gonna win that game, Jared. And finally, our Monday night game, Jared, the Denver Broncos, your Denver Broncos. Your Denver Broncos. Led by your favorite quarterback, Russell Wilson. Your favorite quarterback, because all you Subway, Subway, Subway uh Subway enthusiast Russell Wilson. Uh traveling to Buffalo to take on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. The Bills win that game by a lot. How much is a lot? They're not gonna see what the Dolphins did, but I, I can see it. No, I mean by a lot. I change the money. Bills Bill can pick Astro. They're gonna win by fourteen though. Fourteen. So fourteen points. Jared says you got. So Jared, are you willing right now to put your money, hard earned dollars, on Bills minus thirteen and a half live on the show? Yeah, I, I put that in. Do it right now, Jared. Pull your phone out right now. Pull your phone out right now. Go to your favorite gambling app. No, I ain't putting it in right now. I got I gotta worry about another I gotta worry about some NBA bets. The NCAA tournament is taking place tonight. I gotta I gotta worry about some NBA bets. I got I can't uh, I can't uh, touch NFL until at least Saturday. Hmm. All right. Anything else before we wrap this episode up? No, I'm pretty sure we covered it all, man. Hopefully no groundbreaking news occurs tonight, because that'll just like ruin us. If it do, oh well. You know, we'll, we'll be back to, to talk about it next week. Um, thank you all for listening to another episode of Straight to the Point. If you liked what you hear, make sure you tell a friend and tell a friend to tune in. We're still a five-star rated podcast on iTunes, so make sure you leave us a review if you like what you hear. Make sure you follow Straight to the Point on all your favorite socials. That's at STTP Podcast. Make sure you follow me at underscore Chris Cross. Follow me at underscore JW. Definitely follow the podcast. Follow my TikTok at underscore JW215. Check us out on YouTube, man. We got some new guests coming in before the holidays. Just got big things coming as always. Every episode is a good one. As always, make sure you check out Hemi76's Lock of the Week on Instagram. Sponsored right now by 721 by DSC. Now open, currently open in the Philadelphia area. Make sure you check out 721 by DSC on Instagram to get all information. Some of the best food I've ever had in this city was at that restaurant. And I was, you know, I'm very, I'm telling everybody, I'm telling everybody I know. Make sure you check them out. Jared, let's get straight to the point. Let's do it. Straight to the point, you know we straight to the straight to the